All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Guys, I am so excited for this episode. I had my good friend, Kristen Thomas, come here. She's going to give herself a proper introduction because I don't want to mess it up. But this is for any coach who is struggling with figuring out how to get clients and turn them into lifelong clients. I know that in this world, we have a tough time standing out as coaches. We feel like there's just so much busy noise, but Kristen's going to break down how to create that brand story so you do stand out. So Kristen, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everyone a little about yourself? Yeah, sure. And thanks so much for having me, Rachel. So hi, everyone. So great to be here and to meet you. So I'm Kristen Thomas. I am the CEO and founder of Health and Wellness Business School. And we specialize in helping health and wellness professionals who already kind of have their business set up and running, and they're really ready to just solidify everything, make sure it feels really good and in alignment with what they do, and to prepare them to scale their impact so they can reach more clients and spread the ripple effect of what they do. And just real quick, I got into this because I was actually a former IIN and FDN health coach myself for over four and a half years after previously being a marketing professional for over 12 years, specializing in helping early stage small companies to get up and running, get everything about their marketing and business scaled to the point where they were ready to really take off in a big way. Multiple companies of which got acquired. I even worked for Twitter for, for a small stint of my career too. So worked within one of the social media giants. So I specialize specifically in helping clients with their copywriting and marketing and doing so in a really organic and authentic way, including storytelling, which we're talking about today, in addition to sales and business and all the things. So I love to talk about it all. So guys, if you got that, pretty much she is your go-to woman. If you are like a year plus in your business and you're ready to scale and you're looking for a great course. So make sure you check out her, you follow her. And now we get to dive in deep. So tell me, why is a brand story so important? Yeah. So storytelling is really powerful because if you think about it, you know, if you think back and like your family parties or when you were a child and you're with your grandparents or anybody in your family and they're telling stories, right? Or why do different stories and fables get passed down from generation to generation? Because we relate to them, right? Because stories oftentimes mirror something that we've experienced or that we aspire to, right? And they're very relatable, and so people just relate to stories because we can relate to experiences that other human beings have and events that other people have been through that might be similar to what we've been through. So 
when it comes to translating that into your business, it can be honestly one of the most potent ways for your content to go from, you know, getting crickets or maybe like your mom and your cousin like your posts to actually getting, you know, dozens or hundreds or thousands of real potential clients and people within your community to be engaging in your content and to raise their hand faster and say, okay, I get what you're talking about. You're literally talking to me. This is the type of journey that I've been on or that I want to go through. And I need your help because now I finally get what it is that you do. What if a coach, and I hear this so often, I'm sure you do too, where a coach says, I don't have a story. What do you Mm. actually say to that coach? Yeah. So we've had a lot of clients that have said that too, because, you know, I think a lot of health coaches do get into the space because they've been through the health journey, but some haven't. Right. And so either way, in my opinion, there's always a story. There's always a path that took you to get to where you are. So for example, one of my clients from a couple of years ago, she specialized in helping women through lupus. She personally hadn't been through lupus, but the reason she specialized in it was because her best friend passed away from it. Mm. And knowing what she knew, you know, years past that she now knew how she could have helped her friend. And so she was basically running her business in service and in honor of her best friend. It's like giving me goosebumps just thinking about it. Like that is such a beautiful story to tell. So whether you were inspired to get into doing what you're doing because of somebody else in your life, whether a friend, family member, colleague, whoever, right. And that just inspired you, or maybe you were in school for something and a certain area of health and wellness stuck out to you when you were interested, or maybe you just saw a commercial on TV and you're like, that's ridiculous. You know, health shouldn't be treated that way. Or I want to, you know, get into this and learn as much as I can about it. There's always a story. And sometimes we just assume stories mean that they have to be a personal experiential journey of you going that through that thing firsthand, but it might be something more external to you, but ultimately something inspired you. So there's literally always a story in everything. So uh, here we're just imagine talking to a coach and she or he is like, I have no idea where to start. What are the initial steps that you can give them as a framework to start? Yeah. Yeah, I love that question. So the way that I kind of explain it is like almost look at like your trajectory from like where you are now until whenever you'd kind of consider that you started your journey, whether it was from like childhood or from a couple of years ago and almost create like a timeline of like, what were the different events, circumstances, conversations, people that you met along the way that inspired you? So maybe like, just as a quick example, maybe like a family member growing up was dealing with a health challenge and you didn't quite understand it, but you just knew that they didn't feel well. And then maybe that kind of sparked an interest in health and wellness. And you just sort of started to maybe eat a bit healthier yourself to prevent against that thing. Cause you didn't want to be, you know, dealing with what they were dealing with, or maybe in school, you sort of, you know, started to dial in more on learning about that thing or whatever. Right. And then maybe a couple of years later, maybe something else happened or maybe a conversation sparked and it like reignited the fire in you, right? Or maybe an incident happened to you and you were like, oh my gosh, I really don't want this to happen to me. Let me learn more about it. And therefore maybe you enrolled in your school to become a certified health coach, right? So thinking of like, what were all of those? I call them micro moments. It could be one single conversation, one minute of an experience, one day, like it could be a small or big as needed, right? And like, what were all of those micro moments that ultimately led up to where you are today? And every single one of those can actually be told in a story. And I think, so a coach may be saying, okay, so we have a brand story. Is a brand story showing up on an about me page? Is your brand story everywhere? Kind of, can you give me a little understanding into where do those micro moments show up? Yeah. 
So they can really be splashed anywhere. I would definitely recommend they be on your website. Like your about page is a perfect place, but also it could potentially be like on your homepage and maybe a condensed version of it, of who you are and why you've gotten to doing this or why this is your mission or your passion. People love to know that. Like, why is this person really connected to people like me? Right. And then it could definitely show up a little bit on like your bio on social media and then definitely thread it into any and all of your posts, even if it's just an example, let's say you're talking about something around liver health and maybe, you know, maybe like when you got into your thirties, as an example, you know, you started to experience adult acne and you're like, what the heck is going on? And you realize <laughs> it was maybe your liver was congested a little bit. Right. And then you kind of went on this journey and learned more about all of this stuff. So like, it could be a combination between like, you're just like educating in your content, but you bring in an example of a story and people could be like, Oh, I'm experiencing adult acne and this is embarrassing. And I'm tired of covering it up with concealer. This person has a cool story that they've been through and they clearly studied it. I want to be under their wing and learn how to do that too. So it can even just be inserted in everyday content as simple as a quick sentence or two. So it's almost taking those micro moments and looking at them throughout social media, whether it's like an about, it's whether it's your behind the scenes video or doing something about me or your why, different categories of video. Yeah. Yeah, I basically look at it as like, how can you really bring what you're talking about down to earth? And that's what I believe storytelling really, really can do, right? Because whether, even if somebody who's reading your content hasn't experienced the exact thing that you did or in the exact order, that that's okay, right? But they can relate to it to be like, oh, I've gone through something similar. And so that's where they start to really perk up and be like, oh, this person really knows what they're talking about and they've been there firsthand or they've gone through a journey that connected to them to it in some way. And I wanna work with somebody like that. And so just looking at like, how can I make my content really relatable? So rather than like the way I explain it to my clients a lot is like, rather than talking at your audience, which is just like, you know, straight up educational content where maybe it's over their head or they don't fully know how it applies to them. You can still totally do that content, but maybe to make it more tangible and bring it into their world. It's like, let me tell a story, whether it's a story about you or a client or somebody in your life that went through that thing, bring an example so that then maybe the light bulb moment turns on and the person's like, oh, okay, now I get it. And so let's talk about brand story even in other elements of marketing, because I love that. And I didn't even know that you worked for a marketing company for that long. I mean, yeah. I, I knew you as a health and wellness coach and I was so excited when you put your academy together. And I actually know some clients who buy from me who have also attended your academy. Yeah. Um, let's talk about brand story, like when you're doing a workshop, because I hear so many coaches, they're doing workshops, they're doing webinars, and they're like, when do I share my the pieces of my story? How do I flow through that workshop? What is mm -hmm. your suggestion? Yeah. So kind of like a, like a training workshop, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think a couple of different places and I've done, you know, dozens of workshops myself and guide a lot of my clients through them too. So what I would say is like, you know, definitely early on, I'd say within the first 10 minutes or so ish of the workshop, definitely do an introduction about who you are and a little bit about your backstory and yeah, basically what got you to where you are today. So they know who they're talking to and why they should trust you. And then as you're going through your trainings, again, just kind of like how I talked about with your everyday, you know, content on social media or email or what have you be like, okay, am I explaining a concept that might be a bit complex or maybe a bit more advanced or maybe could potentially go over my client's heads or just, I have an amazing example, whether it's yours or a client's or somebody else, right? And so bring that up. And so a lot of times when I'm doing my workshops, I'll teach on a concept and then I'll have a slide with an example 
of either for myself or a client, right? And I'll be like, you know, like so-and-so who was here and kind of explain their like point A of where they were struggling. And then talk about how the thing that you're just, you're teaching them right now was, you know, coming up for them and how you shared it with them and how it created the light bulb moment in their mind. And then the shifts or results that they got because of that. So that it really, again, brings it down to earth so that your audience sees, oh, somebody similar to me was working with him or her. Therefore, subtly, it communicates that you take on clients, you have a business and you have a program. So that's really helpful for your business. And then it helps them see, oh, this same advice helped that person in a similar place as me to get to where I want to go. So this must be part of the gap that I need to fill. And it basically keeps them wanting to listen because you're earning their trust through more of those stories. And it just builds more credibility because it shows that you're getting clients' results. Let's talk about brand story and niche. Do you suggest, you know, for that coach that is, I mean, I wouldn't say just struggling, but sometimes coach who is redefining their niche, or would you suggest writing down that timeline, that brand story first to help you get clear on your niche? What is your approach Mm. to this? Yeah, it's, that's actually a really interesting question. So in, in my work, we actually do a lot of human design type work. I don't know how many of you who are listening to this know about human design or into it, but it basically just brings like so much of what you do down to a very individualized level. So interestingly enough, certain, there's about five different types of human design. Certain types are actually better served at having a specific niche versus others. So we always, you know, kind of understand our clients' human designs first to guide them towards that. So if you are more prone to and aligned to having a niche, then either, I mean, for a lot of clients, they kind of just come to us innately knowing, you know, this is, I think what I want to focus on either. It's because they've been through it themselves and they now have a passion for helping others. Or like I said, maybe it was some other life event or person that inspired them, you know, to do that. But yeah, if you're not sure, you know, what you want your niche to be, if you are designed to, to have a niche, then it could be a matter of writing out your timeline. And because maybe there's like multiple facets, maybe you had some gut health stuff, maybe you had some autoimmune stuff, maybe you had some hormone or infertility stuff going on, right? And so you're like, yeah, I don't know which one I want to focus on. So let me write it out and really like get back into the moment of what those different areas were and which ones do I feel most excited about or most confident that I could, that I could help people. So yeah, I think that timeline could definitely help if you're kind of figuring out how to do the niche. So let's even go back to the framework, because I think it's really important for a coach to understand that your brand story can attract your ideal client. And it's what sets us apart from somebody else. What would you say if a coach has so many of those micro moments? Like, what do they, because I feel like everyone's either, I have no story or I have so much, (laughs) what do I actually include? For an about me, I mean, I think it's so important for your about me to have that what would you suggest to kind of like pick out the defining micro moments? How does one that step? Yeah, I love that question. So I mean, I think for every person, it's gonna gonna feel a little bit different, right? So it's, yeah, it's basically just looking at like, what are all of those micro and macro moments? And then like, which ones were like the most like pivotal or most defining for your journey? So if there's like a micro moment that you're like, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was interesting, but like, it wasn't really like a game changer. It was just like a small little thing. So maybe that's better told in just like a post or as an example in a post, it really doesn't, you know, need to take up space in my bio or some like really important, you know, piece of content. So just kind of discerning, like, does this, is this monumental? Was this like a big pivotal moment? Or another criteria we could look at is, 
could other people relate to this? So like, if you have a very obscure thing that happened to you that people would be like, what the heck are they talking about? Right? <laughs> Probably I, good to leave that one out. <laughs> right. Cause then you're, you're going to lose them. So it's like, yeah, maybe like leave that thing out. And maybe like if in the future you're writing some piece of content and it becomes applicable, great, bring it up. But if it's like super obscure, random or weird and not really relatable, then I'd probably keep it out. And also just kind of drawing a fine line between, cause like a lot of health issues can be, you know, a bit personal, vulnerable, sometimes even a little bit gory, depending on, you know, what's going on and knowing that, you know, just being a little bit discerning too with that, like when you're sharing content, I think there's a very fine line between vulnerability and just going too far and almost like repelling people because like, oh, like, I really didn't know, need to know what happened to you in the bathroom that day. Like that's too much. Right. So just kind of knowing where that fine line is and just kind of trusting your gut with that. If you're like, yeah, that's a bit too, that was a bit too far. Then maybe, you know, tell another, another story instead there. And do you suggest updating your brand story? Yeah. I mean, if it changes, I would say so. I mean, especially, you know, as most entrepreneurs, you know, we're evolving over time. So like my brand story that I used when I was health coaching is, you know, more is different than the one that I use today as a business coach for health coaches, because I then went on my journey to build that business and then transition into business coaching. So like if, for example, as a health coach, maybe you have multiple evolutions, even in your own business, maybe you started off, you know, focus on one area of health, and then maybe you realize the power of the mind in that and you layered on mindset. Maybe you went through some mindset certifications and trainings, then that's an evolution in your journey. So then you could update it if something like that happens. And tell me your take for that coach. I know you specialize in the coach that's kind of a little more advanced, but I think this would be great also to add in some new coach info for that new coach that is just feeling like they specialize in everything. What would you say to that coach who is really trying to dial it down? Do you believe in niching down? I do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, we also have experience working with a lot of new practitioners. We have a whole foundational course that walks through like one of the core parts is niching actually. So yeah, like what we hear from a lot of new health coaches is that, you know, the fear of one new. And so I'm afraid of niching down. And I'm sure you've heard this too, right? I'm afraid of niching down because I'm afraid that it's going to repel somebody who could pay me. And right now I just need to bring in money. Yeah. And so that's, that's a totally valid concern, right? Like if somebody comes to your virtual door, physical door, whatever, and want some help. And maybe they're not like a true, like what I call like a soulmate client, like an absolute ideal client you want to work with, but they seem pretty cool. And you know, you could help them and you need the money, then great. But generally speaking, the way that I explain it to coaches is that you actually kind of, it seems counterintuitive to start your business dialed in on a niche but because we think like we need to be everyone front, you know, everything to any, everybody right now. But the reality is that when you have a niche, it actually makes it way more clear to people off the bat, what you do and who you do do it for versus if you're a generalist and, you know, one day you're talking about, you know, hormone health, the next day about gut health, the next day about liver health and so on and so forth. Even though, you know, us as practitioners, we know that those are all very interconnected and yeah. all play a role and you'll probably work with your clients on all of those. Your audience doesn't know that yet. So it actually confuses uses them. So from a marketing standpoint, like there's a difference between, I kind of go back to the adage of sell them what they want and then give them what they need. So if they don't know that they need liver support, hormone support, gut health support, whatever, and they're aware of maybe just one of those. And that's also an area that you're really lit up about. 
make that your core message, but then know that inside your program, you can be the generals. You can work with them on all of those and help them see the connections. So when they see, like if they're aware that, you know, if you decide to dial in on the gut health coach, for example, and they're aware, like, yeah, my gut's a wreck, I need help with it. And they see that time and again, like, you know, your bio is dialed in for gut health, your content's always talking about gut health, your stories, your lives, whatever they're going to know that you specialize in, in the gut versus if like every 10 posts you're talking about the gut, they're going to be like, well, I don't know, like the post from three weeks ago, they talked about it, but not really recently, but so-and-so over here who I follow, they talk about it all the time. So they must be the gut health experts. So let me hire them because I trust them more. So it's about that consistency over time of telling the same type of message over and over and over that cements that in and builds that trust. And that's how people will convert a lot faster versus following you for a while and trying to figure it out. Like, do they know the gut? Do they not? I don't really know. It just helps them come to that conclusion a lot faster. And then I would say for you being the marketing maven, what these days, because we talk about all these different social media platforms. So we've talked brand story, we've talked niche. Now let's talk about all these different social media platforms. What is your favorite way? What do you find for your clients that has worked to get those lifelong clients that we're all looking for? Yeah. So, I mean, it's so interesting because social media is evolving, I would say faster than ever. There's so many channels out there. I would say that like from the clients we've worked with, the majority of them are still seeing a lot of success from Instagram. You know, yes, the algorithm is changing. Yes, Reels changed the game and it's basically TikTok now. But Instagram is, I mean, they're owned by Facebook in it. They're like one of the biggest social media platforms. So there's a ton of people of all age groups on them. Unless, you know, you're working with a much younger demographic that maybe is all, you know, on TikTok or something right. like that. So I think it really like first and foremost comes down to knowing your audience of like what's their age group and demographics and where do they typically hang out? And if you're really not sure, it might be worth doing some market research. Like, do you know some people in your world who are in that demographic or know people who are and ask them like where, you know, what social media platforms do you use or where do you go to find information? And what I love about Instagram, and I think why a lot of my clients use it is because, you know, even though it has a TikTok vibe to it now with all the reels, that's great for demonstrating a lot of health different, you know, various yeah. health things. And they've got stories and posts. It's so multifaceted for how you can put out content. You can still do lives and everything. So there's a lot of extensibility there. But we also have a lot of clients who use TikTok and have like some have literally gone viral on TikTok or they're using TikTok and Instagram. So sometimes it's a fusion of the two. But I'd say if you're a newer practitioner, I would recommend starting with one platform and getting really comfortable and good and kind of getting into a rhythm with that first before overwhelming yourself and be like, oh my gosh, I have four channels to manage. How do I do this? Like, don't start well, your business Hopefully they're repurposing content because yes. four channels to manage is overwhelming, <laughs> but not when you can yeah. take one piece of content and turn it in multiple ways. Exactly. And I'm a huge fan of repurposing content. So yeah, if you do have multiple channels, whether you're new or experienced, yeah, repurposing is definitely a game changer. Do not reinvent the wheel with go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just to go back to the question, I'd say, you know, we're seeing Instagram is still working big time for health coaches, but TikTok is taking off in a big way. And some of our clients still see a ton of success from Facebook. So I think it really depends on your audience and yeah. also equally what channel you're comfortable with. Yeah, I love that because I think there are people who instantly gravitate to TikTok and there are some that have stayed in Facebook and done groups and really have success. Let's talk about copywriting for a little because it's one of those things that everyone uses this word copywriting, but I think getting into some specifics for that coach who's like struggling to kind of have writer's block, what are your tips for working on your copy to get it to be banging? 
Okay. Do we have like five hours to talk? Because <laughs> I could go on forever about that. I would say some of the top things I could speak to around that would be, so first of all, like being open to wherever, whenever and wherever your creativity sparks. I know for me, my best content ideas never happen when I'm forcing myself to sit at my computer with a blank screen in front of me. Like I've been a copywriter for 14 plus years and I just can't do that because that just doesn't work for me. And I've heard that from so many other people too. So be open to maybe an idea comes to you when you're in the grocery store or when you're out on a walk or when you're, you know, watching a soccer game for your kids or something like it could literally happen anywhere. And so be open to that and, and, you know, take note of that on your phone, whether you want to do like a voice recorder or type it out or something and capture those ideas in the fly. I always believe those are the richest ideas when they just come to you in a whim. And then the other thing that I would say that I see a lot of health coaches struggle with, especially those who haven't been trained in copywriting is to make what you're saying as tangible Mm -hmm. as possible. There's a lot of jargon in the health coaching space and the health and wellness space, and even just in the general coaching and mindset and spirituality spaces, depending on what sort of you're in. And there's a lot of words that go straight over your audience's head if they don't understand that. And given that today we have about three seconds to capture our audience's attention online before they scroll on, if you start throwing at them a ton of complex terms or words that they don't understand, they're not going to sit down and like Google the definition or try to figure it out. It's too much work. They're going to scroll right on. So looking at, I, I usually tell my clients, like, get your idea out there. Just like write it out in perfect action. Just get it all out there, but then go back through sort of with a couple of, of lenses, one of which is is this jargon? Like, is this a health coaching term or a wellness term or something that the average person I work with wouldn't understand, right? So that kind of goes back to knowing who your audience is and how informed they are. Like, If you have a very well-informed and educated audience, maybe they can handle more advanced content versus if you have people who are maybe just freshly transitioning from conventional medicine to holistic and starting to learn their own health and wellness terms. So know your client. I mean, I think you even said that, like really know your client and the verbiage that is going to get them excited. Exactly. Yeah. And so you can even pay attention to that. Like if you're on, you know, when you're on coaching calls with clients or sales calls, what words are they using to explain their health challenges and use that in your content, right? Because that's where you're going to speak into their world and speak to them. And they're going to understand that more. So kind of doing like a jargon check and then also just looking at, you know, is this, am I, is what I'm saying understandable? Like, can I bring an example to, again, like I was talking about, like to bring it to life or a story or something like that, versus just simply throwing at them a ton of new information that might be overwhelming. How can I really bring it down to earth and speak their language and mirror a scenario that they might be going through? Mm-hmm. I love that you're bringing that into brand story because I feel like our story trumps so much of those kind of copywriting words. I mean, it's one of the reasons I love video, even though it can be extremely scary to do video. I think that in video, it's like you're able to get that story out so easily. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that was the saving grace that I had in the beginning of coaching. Is I was like, okay, I have writer's block. (laughs) This is like tough for me. And these are complex terms that I'm trying to explain. Let me just explain in video. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that was, you know, my, the moment that I decided when I was health coaching that I wanted to start storytelling, it was pretty early on in my business. because I obviously knew that that mattered, but you know, it was a very vulnerable story of my journey through ulcerative colitis. And it was at a moment where 
I think it was about a year into my practice, I had a really big story to tell where I was basically cleared of ulcerative colitis altogether. Like not only was I in remission, my doctor was like, there's zero sign of it. And I had a picture that my husband took of me of a hospital bed. And I was smiling because I was, I was declared in remission. That was a huge thing for me. And I posted that post. I was, you know, my husband was driving me home. I was still like half out of it, but I was writing the post posted it later that day. And it literally went viral. Like my phone did not stop blowing up for like 24 hours. And that's literally when my business took off. And from then on out, I kept like dripping out my micro stories even more intentionally and unpacking different parts of my journey because people had finally seen, okay, she's been through what I've been through and she really gets it. And now she's finally been declared in remission. And that's amazing. I want to be a part of whatever she does. So storytelling can really pick up your brand and your sales in a huge way. Would you say that it's one of the most vital? I mean, you're, we're looking at all of the marketing. Would you say it's one of the most vital components of building a practice? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say hands down. I mean, for even like, you know, the data that we see from our clients, 9.9 out of 10 times, the storytelling content, you know, trumps an educational post, or if they included an example of a story or threaded a story into their educational post, it does better than a post that was like thrown with jargon and all sorts of complex stuff. Like it's just relatable. And it's how people, it just gets people out of the woodwork and to pay attention and engage faster than if they're trying to figure out what you're trying to say. And it doesn't really land with them. So is there anything that you think we've missed in this brand branding and storytelling? I think the other part would be, you know, bringing up more client examples too. And the tricky part, obviously in health and wellness is privacy, right? Like you want to either get, you know, some sort of like signed agreement or some sort of, you know, verbal or written, ideally consent from a client to tell their story or do it in an anonymized way. And some clients might even, you know, request you do it anonymized. Either way, the story matters more than including the name. Like obviously a name and photo are like, the absolute best if you can get those. But if you can't just anonymize a story to say, you know, like one of my clients, da da da. Like you don't yep. have to tell any details about the, who they are or anything like that. Their name, you know, leave that out if, if you need to. And just tell client stories too, because as much as it's great for your audience to hear your story, they also, you know, you're, you're on what's called the hero's journey. You're already so many steps past where they are. And sometimes if your audience is like in a lot of pain or just really stuck and struggling, or they're at total square one, then where you are could almost seem so unreachable. So sometimes like when you tell that whole journey and they see where you are today of like full remission and all this stuff, and they're over here being like, I'm in flare up after flare up. I'm in and out of the hospital. Like, this is so bad that I don't know if you've like, if you can help me because you're so far beyond it. So tell stories of clients who are in it and maybe not even waiting until the entire program with that client is done because just like with your story, there's micro moments of wins and stories in your work with clients. So maybe in your kickoff call with a brand new client, they, you share something with them. That's just like a huge light bulb moment. And it's amazing to them. And that's a light bulb moment you could share in your content. doesn't mean that you have to wait until that client is, you know, done with your program and fully better before you can tell the story, you can drip it out as it goes along. Right. Or for those of you who run lab testing, for example, if you discover something in there that's really interesting, tell a story around that versus waiting all the way until the end. And you can do both as well. Well, and I think I love that you brought that up because I think you're going to attract clients at different stages. Yeah. And get that client to really trust you and say, like, this is the person I want to work with. And that's ultimately how we get our clients. 
Exactly. And also what it does is it just helps to kind of unpack your program into like the micro steps too, and help people see like step-by-step what it could be like to, to work with you. So rather than telling them that you have this coaching program and it's six months long and all this stuff, if they're, especially if they're new to coaching, they might have no idea what that means, or they don't know that a coaching program is what they need to get better or that it's six months that they need until they get better. They don't know that. But if they can start to see, oh, wow, he or she covers this amount of information in the kickoff call, I can imagine myself being on a kickoff call and and going through that and learning that from them and walking away clear already. That sounds great. Or, oh, wow, I can imagine being on a lab review call with them and them showing me these things in ways that other practitioners I've worked with haven't. That sounds like that could be a huge value. So breaking apart little features of your program not only subtly sells it, because you're basically talking about what your program includes, but it's also just helping them to really start to conceptualize what it's all about. I love that. And I love that you gave those examples because I think even when we listen to podcasts, we're like, okay, give me an example so that I understand it in my own brain. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So again, going back to using the words that your your audience is already using. So can you tell everyone where to find you? Because they're definitely going to want to follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess can check out all that my, my me and my team do on our website, healthwellnessbusiness.com. We're also on Instagram at that same handle, healthwellnessbusiness. And I'm also on Facebook. You're welcome to friend request me and connect there. My name is Kristen Elizabeth Thomas, Kristen with an I-N on Facebook as well. So anywhere that you are, we'd love to, to connect with you and hear from you. Do you have any last piece of advice that maybe we missed or did we cover it all? Oh, we covered so much, but like I said, I could go on for hours. I think the last thing that comes up for me is an analogy that I bring up to a lot of our clients when it comes to copywriting and storytelling, because a lot of times we hear from coaches that they just struggle even to get the post started. Mm -hmm. So I always recommend think back to like some of your favorite, you know, TV shows or movies. How do they start? They don't usually start at the beginning of the story. They're like throwing you right into the fire when somebody's running away from a wedding or when a building's on fire or when there's a car accident or, you know, when somebody drops a, you know, truth bomb on somebody or whatever. And then you're instantly hooked because you're like, what's happening? Who are these people? Why are they upset? What got them to this point? And you're reading it and you're not reading, you're watching, you're continuing to watch it because of that. So thinking of when you write content in terms of like, how could I start at the height of my story in a really interesting place? So like one of my stories that I told as a health coach was of the the time that I was in the ER in the middle of the night because I was having such a bad ulcerative colitis flare up. And so I didn't start the post talking about day one of me getting symptoms and then all the way through many years later of me being in the hospital in the middle of the night. I started my post off with, you know, it was 2 a.m. and I was staring up at the fluorescent lights in the ER wondering how the heck did I get here again, right? Like literally putting myself in the shoes of like a, you know, or like a writer for a TV show, right? And then I sort of did the backstory of explaining how I got here and what was going on and then what I did from there to ultimately get out of, you know, those, those recurring flare-ups. And that post, again, was a viral post because it hooked people. It spoke into a snare that my audience resonated with because they had also been in and out of the hospital at all hours, right? So I spoke into their world in a certain situation they understood, and I built in tree. So next time you guys are watching your favorite show or movie, just pay attention to how they start, right? And start to then think about, yeah, what were those timeline moments, those micro moments that I wrote down for myself? And how could I use those as what I call the hook, like the first line yeah. in your post and do it in the way like my show, my favorite show is doing it. 
I love that. I want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time. And this was such a valuable episode for anyone watching. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. All right, guys, you know what you need to do. You need to follow this woman. Make sure if you have any questions, you reach out to her and her team about her academy. And it's been a pleasure to be with you guys. See you guys later. Bye. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys soon.